Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 18th dose, and it's called Scene Analysis. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to celebrate and spread and highlight the magic that I found in everyday life, and also share with you some tips and tricks, we could even call them magic tricks, that I've discovered along the way that help me to live a more um, vibrant, happy, grounded, I don't know, adjusted, like enjoyable, enjoyable life. And so I hope they help you as well. And I share some musings and some thoughts and some questions to chew on. And I'm honored to get to be in your earbuds or on your stereo right now in whatever you're doing. I like the thought, I like the mystery involved in podcasting that I don't know I can tell how many people listen to it, but I can't tell who they are for what time, and and I don't know what you're up to. So there's there's sort of this, um, like, I kind of wish I, it, my nosy side wants to know what you're up to while you're listening to this, but I also like the um, the freedom involved, and there's sort of like, there's a letting go that has to happen once I make this. Like, you could be doing anything. You could share this with anybody. In fact, I kind of hope you do. And, and it's a, yeah, it's like a, a, really the word broadcasting actually makes sense. Like, almost like you're scattering seeds. You don't know where they're going to land and what's going to become of them. And I'm finding as I continue into this that I enjoy that part of it. And I wonder where it's going to land. I'm making this particular podcast because I want to share with you an idea that I've been working with for many years now. And... It kind of, so the the topic is scene analysis, and this also kind of sets the stage for like it's a it's a foundational idea and um, method even that we'll we'll be building on in future episodes. So um, this one's important uh, for some ideas that will follow in next episodes. Maybe that's just a teaser, but uh, yeah, this is a foundational idea, which is, simply put, that the outside world reflects our internal world of our psyche, and that we can learn about our own state and our character and our circumstances and our relationships by observing what's going on in the physical world around us. So later we will get into different ways to um, improve a physical environment and therefore internal psychological environment. We've touched on that a little bit in previous episodes, but um, today I just want to talk about observing our outside circumstance. Outside, I mean like the physical world, not inside our mind and psyche and body. So this is, this is not about, currently this is not about judging one type of scene as better than another, but just talking about the act of observing and noticing. Because the thing is, we're kind of in our scene all the time. Like, you know, if if you live in a house, or in my case, I live in a little trailer, and we get kind of used to it. Like, it's our situation. And we get used to being in our body, we get kind of used to our clothes, and maybe our office, or our commute, or our car. And in all that familiarity, we can 
stop noticing what's going on. This is one of the gifts of traveling or of going to somewhere new, even in our own city or town, is that we tend to notice the environment. Like if you walk in a new coffee shop or a new store or a new Airbnb rental or a a new country, you're going to be awakened to what's actually happening. Like you're going to notice the decor and you're going to notice the temperature. You're going to notice the lighting and pay attention to the music. And the, it's going to, you're going to notice it because it's new. And so one of the things that happens in our familiar environment is that we stop noticing and we miss out on a lot of clues as to what's going on because we stopped noticing. So what I want to invite you to do wherever you're listening right now is uh, try and be, I guess if you're driving, you might probably don't want to stop, but you know, just sort of pause and look at what's going on around you. So we're just trying to notice like what stuff is around. What is the light on or off? Is there anything on the table? Is the, what position are the shoes in by the door? Uh, Is there music happening in the background? Is, I wonder how you'd be listening to music and this. Anyways, um, what, you know, is the, is there a door open or closed around you? Are the, what are the curtains doing? Um, is there something that's not yours that's been left around? And just like as if you took a picture and as if you were analyzing the photograph, almost like a crime scene, but this is not, there's no crime here. I often, I also think of it like a, like an art analysis or like a film analysis. If somebody took, if somebody who wasn't used to this scene saw it, what could they conclude about what's going on? So for example, around me right now, I'm recording this from my little table. In front of me, I have two little cue cards. One of them has the things I want to remember to say at the beginning and at the end of the podcast. Another one says number 18, scene analysis, and has a few notes of what I want to share in this episode. So I have that right in front of me. I could tell by looking at my handwriting that, well, this is gets into another theme of handwriting analysis. It looks like I'm, I'm legible and I'm not super uh, particular. Like it's not really straight, but you can kind of read it. It's two different pens. Uh, so I must have a collection of pens, which in fact, there are two pens on the table. One is a fabric pen that says no smudge, no smear. And another is just a regular blue pen. Then I have the aftermath of a sewing session, uh, which involves a seam ripper, some elastic, a bunch of scraps of fabric, some pins, two, no, three spools of thread, which, oh, I noticed they're, they're wooden spools of thread. So now I'm, I'm learning that this person has a little bit of an old fashioned bent, which also makes sense because there's a copper goblet in front of me, which looks like it has wine in it, but actually it's cranberry juice because I'm warding off a bladder infection. And then there's a kind of like a cue card holder, which is where I put the podcast notes back into. There's a pair of scissors that I just got sharpened today, which was really awesome. Did you know you can get scissors sharpened? You don't have to go buy a new pair. It's like 
oh talk about another scene the scene at this at the knife sharpeners was incredible there's got like this workshop in his basement and makes specialty knives with antler handles and like wow like it's a great scene uh there's also a pile of scrap fabric that I'm going to turn into a weaving. There's another weaving. There's some Kleenexes. And what I would say, if I, if this wasn't my stuff, I think I would feel like there's a lot going on. There's also, there's a bit of a color thing happening. Like there's lots of kind of, there's like pink, orange, blue, teal, and then the kind of gold copper goblet. And sometimes because it's our own stuff, we forget to notice. You can also kind of reverse engineer it and think about what it's not. Like what's not here. Um, for example, there's no laptop in front of me. There's, uh, there's no, hmm, there's actually no, almost no plastic. There's there's no there's no like order to the way I've left all the sewing stuff and so I invite you in what you're looking at right now try and see it like it's not yours and guess at what somebody else would guess about what's going on by what's going on I mean like yes like ju what just happened if you walked away and this was a uh, an investigation, like what was this person up to before they left the house? You would, you would learn something, but also what's going on in this person's life? Like maybe they have time for a hobby or maybe they don't. Maybe they seem quite scattered or maybe they seem really organized. Maybe they look undecided. Like there's, it almost looks like six different people live here because there's so many different kind of styles maybe maybe it's really kind of uniform like it's only one color or it's only one texture speaking of color this is another thing we can do with a scene you might want to move into a different room now and try it again um but what's the color scheme what's the color scheme of your kitchen maybe of your kitchen cupboards even if your mugs are all mismatched is there, is there a color that you don't have? Like, do you have a yellow? Do you have anything yellow in your kitchen? When I look over at my cupboards, I have nothing yellow. I have kind of like a blue, green, brownie thing going on. And if you look, maybe in the whole of your house, like, do you have anything purple? Do you have any lime green in your house? I say this because colors also have you could either think of it as like a vibration or the light spectrum or just associations, but colors have, we could even say like different personalities. So chances are you like certain colors more than others. Maybe you like the way they look on you in clothes. Maybe you just happen to like that brand of thing that only that's the colors they chose for their fall collection or spring collection, or maybe you don't pay any attention to color and it's just function whatever your your method of acquiring the things in your house has been, notice now what colors they are, what colors they aren't. And imagine how it would feel different if they were a different color. 
And again, I'm just trying to point out that we get so used to our environment that we may be missing clues about what, what we like and don't like and what we have let in or not let into our lives. This also builds on the idea from last week of the edge of the world, that um, in in our worldview, in our psyches, in our experience, there's there's things that are beyond what we know and and what we have experienced. And kind of by definition, we don't know what those are. So in your stuff, even in as far as the colors, like you probably haven't thought about the colors that aren't in your house. They are kind of out beyond the edge of the world of your color of your house colors. You see what I mean? Like we or in your clothes. Like there's there's probably a color that you have no clothes in that color. St. Patrick's Day is interesting for this because green isn't a super common color. And it may be the only day when people, you know, like on March 16th, when people are maybe thinking of playing along for the next day, that's the day they realize, oh gosh, I have no green clothes. (laughs) Like maybe they also don't have any orange clothes or pink clothes. Most people have like probably black and blue clothes, I'm guessing. I don't have very many white clothes because I find them intimidating, but I do have a white tank top and a white sweater. All this to say, notice the scene of what colors you have and you might start getting a sense of what, what that might tell you about your personality. Another way to practice this phenomena is with movies because somebody has thought about this on a movie. That's the great thing. Like it was designed, the set was designed, the costumes were designed, the lighting was designed and with different amounts of intention and skill, depending on probably the budget and the director, but, um, try noticing in a movie, you could even like turn off the sound if you wanted and not, and not hear the words or, or just stop it at a, at a section and notice the scene and what the director or writer is communicating to you through the scene. Like you, you really quickly in a movie, like you've only got an hour and a half with the characters and usually like 10 minutes in, you have a sense of them. So you're getting that from like, people aren't giving like the little introduction, like they're not even giving you their, like their resume or often not even their last name or their history. And somehow, really quickly, you have a sense of their character. And a lot of the way that that's communicated in a movie is through the costuming and the set design and the lighting. So you're already, you're already used to this and you're already um, kind of practiced at getting that information, um, especially when it's been really well designed. So notice, th- if you can notice that happening as you watch a movie, like notice the what you, what you know from the set. You usually learn the time period, the location, often like the gender of the bedroom, um, based on stereotypes. You often learn the socioeconomic status, the kind of, whether it's a, you, you sort of know, oh, this is a happy home or it isn't. Why do you get that sense so early in a movie? Try and see if you can feel what the, what the factors are. Maybe it's color or texture or arrangement. And Sometimes this is really consistent through a movie of um, like the the palette of the whole entire movie, the way that the the scenes and the costume and the lighting are can be quite consistent. It can be like muted tones 
or bright colors. And that's giving your, even kind of your subconscious, a, a message the whole time about what the feeling of the movie is. We're used to thinking of this in terms of soundtrack, I think a little bit more easily, where you can hear like scary music or calm music and you can feel the music building up and and if you're paying attention you can often tell how a you know w- what a scene is doing because of the music and sometimes directors play with this and and the surprise is because the music misleads you to what's actually happening and that's when you can get like sincerely shocked because you're not that shocked if the music kind of like sounds ominous and then something bad happens you're like some part of you was primed for it. But if the if the lead up and then the action are different, you can actually get sincerely surprised. But this is also happening in the scene, in the physical stuff and the color and the lighting and the placement. And so I suggest you try watching a movie. Almost any movie will do, but especially one that's more kind of like character and a smaller set. Like you know, if they're traveling around the whole entire world, you're you're going to be kind of bombarded with all these new places and really like amazing geography. And and the skill I'm wanting you to practice is more about um, like human designed environments. So more like houses, offices, buildings, cities. Um, so look for a movie with more inside space for this particular exercise and see if you can tell or if you can if you can catch yourself getting to know the character through the scene, not through anything they're saying or even what they sound like. Just turn off the sound and see what you know about what's going on just from looking at the scene. And then see if you can turn that same, those same eyes back onto your own scene. Some things you might, you might look for in particular is like your wardrobe, as I mentioned, your closet. Uh, You can look at the doors in your house and notice if they're like this, in the course of a day, which ones are usually open, which ones are usually closed, which ones do you use, which ones you don't, compared to like front door, back door, side door. Um, maybe there's a room that you don't want to face. Maybe there's a room that you never close the door on. Maybe the bathroom door is squeaky. So doors are an interesting thing to notice. Um, you could your car is also an interior space that you might notice what's going on in there, like what kind of garbage accumulates. This will give you information about where the person, in this case you, tends to shop, what they tend to throw out, um, maybe what their favorite snack food is. <laughs> you can also take a look at your schedule. Maybe there's a visual representation of this in your calendar or in a day book. And, and just if somebody else was to glance at it, what would they think, what would they know was going on in your life? Not even necessarily the details of the appointments. Maybe they'd notice that there was nothing happening. And maybe that either means you have nothing planned going on, or maybe it just means you don't write it down. Maybe they'd notice that the events are really top-heavy on like one side of the week or the other, or that uh, your, your things always happen in the morning or in the evening, or that you write them in after the fact, like I often do. Like, oh yeah, that happened. Didn't write it down before it happened. Um, an easy one to start with is your bookshelf. I this is a. I'm sure I'm not the only one that when you walk into somebody else's house, you take a little snoop of their bookshelf. It's a really good way to get to know what they're interested in, especially if they've chosen the books and maybe read them, then that's even more information. But even if they haven't, for some reason they wanted that book on their shelf. So maybe they thought that they wanted to read it or 
they want you to think that they've read it. <laughs> um, but notice what books are on your shelf. And then also this reverse question of what kind of books have you never bought? So for example, on my bookshelf, if I look up, I have every book that Bill Plotkin has written. Like in a small bookshelf, that takes up a lot. The His four books take up probably like a fifth of my bookshelf because in this small house, there's only like a f- maybe the equivalent of like two feet of bookshelf. So I would guess that I probably like his work and I have been influenced by it. That That is true. <laughs> I also have... Uh, I have a book about tarot, I have one about trees, I have one about child-rearing, I have one called The Prophet, I have hot springs, plants, poetry books, uh, fermentation, clouds, a Bible, a dictionary, a thesaurus, and a mushroom book. Those are the ones I can see right away. So that kind of gives you a, a little bit of an overview of some of the things I like, have been influenced by, and enjoy. Um... There, I noticed there are no murder mysteries. I have no pocketbooks. I don't know if I've ever read a murder mystery. Probably not. Sometimes some people's bookshelves have only murder mysteries on them, and they and they probably don't have a book about identifying mushrooms. My bookshelf also has. What else doesn't it have? Um, it doesn't have any math books. It doesn't have any user manuals. It doesn't have any of those. Um, there's a whole series of books like the the Keep It Simple Stupid books about all sorts of things. Some bookshelves have one of those, and I don't have any. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to try and think of the things we've never owned. Because other people have. And this helps us to realize that we're living in a certain scene or a certain set that isn't the entirety of the world. Like it helps us to notice that our world has edges. Like my bookshelf has things that aren't on it. And I think with this, with the, with the increase of the use of the internet and there being so much at our disposal, we kind of sometimes think that our world is endless and that it has no edges because you can Google anything anytime. You probably have data on your phone, which I don't, but you might be able to, as I'm speaking, Google the randomest thing you can think of and get an answer. So it might seem like your world is is limitless, which it kind of is. But also, I want to point out that the scene that you're used to has edges. And there's things that you never usually consider. And we could get, even in the algorithm, like internet department, what you're getting sort of like fed on the internet is also kind of like an echo chamber to what you're used to, so you may or may not be familiar with. But that's getting way off topic. While we're still slightly on the technology thing, uh, take a look at your phone. Take a look at the background on your phone right now. You probably have it with you. Um, You might be listening to this on your phone. What's the background? Did Did you choose it? Was it the stock background? Did you, do you change it often? Is it outdated? Is it a person, a pet, a plant? Uh, what color is it? Imagine that somebody found your phone, that you forgot it in the grocery store, and they picked it up and they saw the background. What would they think? What would they, what would they guess at whose phone it was? Maybe, maybe they, w- <laughs> sometimes if there's a picture of multiple people, 
Is there any way they'd be able to tell which person owns the phone who's in the picture? I remember I lost a water bottle in high school and I had collaged on the outside of the water bottle. There was sort of like the sleeve for pictures. And they were mostly pictures that had me in them and somebody else and some that just had me in it because I think I was even more, uh, I don't know why I needed pictures of myself. I can't, I can't quite describe why, but it fits with what I needed in high school. Some sort of like self-assurance that it was okay to be me because high school is a scary place. And, um, there was one, one of the many pictures had me and my best friend on it. Only one. The other pictures had me with other people in it or me by myself. And I lost the water bottle at school and my best friend got called to the office because the person at the office only recognized her, um, which meant I still got my water bottle back. But I remember feeling like, oh, this is really an indication of the fact that she is way more well-known in high school than I am, which seemed a bit sad at the time and now doesn't really seem to matter at all. So that said, if somebody found your phone, don't be offended if they give it to the other person who has their picture with you on the background. All this is to say, I'm just trying to give you different options of how to exercise this muscle of observing your, your scene as if with fresh eyes. We often do this with other people's lives. We can walk in a room or see somebody on the street and make snap judgments about it. And, and this is useful in navigating the world and trying to figure out how, you know, places where we feel comfortable and trying to gauge people's personality quite quickly. We kind of need to do this, um, even if it, the, the negative form of it can be judgmental. But I want to turn this gaze onto ourselves and see if the familiarity that we're used to, see if you can notice it this week and, and get some clues as to what's going on. We'll build on this idea in the future. And so try and practice um, just noticing the scene. If you want, you can have fun and and either take a picture of a scene and send it to me or send it to somebody else and say, hey, analyze this scene. What's going on? It could be a little bit of a game and, and see where that takes us. I'll be building on this idea in the future, as I said. And if you'd like to send me the picture of your scene or be in touch with any other questions or comments, I, I love it when you guys uh, are in touch with me. It makes me happy and makes me feel like I'm actually talking to other people and not just the endless ether. So there's a few different ways to get in touch with me. You can leave a little hello voice note with the link in the show notes, or you can find me on Instagram at magic for realists. That would be a way you could um, send me a DM with a picture if you wanted of a scene. And you can also go to magicforrealists.ca, the website, and send me a message that way. Also through the website, you can find the Patreon account, which if you're interested in giving me a little bit of money each month, anywhere from four to $25, that money is like cheering for me to keep doing this. And I, I love making these podcasts and I make them for free gladly. But if you feel like almost like having a tip jar at the end of a, I don't know, a performance of some sort, and you want to put some coins in the tip jar, that's a virtual way to do that. So through the, through the website magicforrealists.ca, you can find the Patreon link. And that also gives you access to some 
bonus stuff that I put out, um, like a picture of the scene I was talking about, and sometimes poetry and other thoughts. Um, kind of like the inside loop, if you're interested in that. Yeah, and of course, if there's any other realists who you feel could use a little magic, or you'd like to share this idea with, because uh, you think it might be of interest or help to them, I'm delighted when you share this podcast. And if you're new to listening, thanks for joining. I am, yeah, it's always neat to hear that new people have started listening to this. So I'm happy about that. And until next time, I hope you have fun analyzing your scenes and I'm curious what do you learn from that. And I hope you experience some little trickle of magic in the real world this week. Bye for now.